Hey there, welcome back to the Path to Zion podcast where we are rediscovering the ancient way. Thank you so much for tuning back in with us today, whether you are over on our YouTube channel or at pathtozion.com. Thank you for uh, following along. We wrapped up about a week, 10 days ago, a two-part series talking about Passover and um, how to be a, a set-apart, holy, kadosh, unique people, peculiar people. And we just asked some questions like we like to do around here about how, you know, our verbiage, even in Christianity, the, 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 we talk the talk that we're just different and we're set apart and we're unique and we live like Jesus. But we don't really, when I look around, most of the body does not really look different than the world other than church attendance or home Bible studies. And um, it's kind of hard to discern the world from the church. Um, in this age that we live in, anything kind of goes, the lawless people, as we always talk about here. And so we just allowed the Passover event, which just um, happened, of course, to cause us to ask some questions. Well, the pattern of, of a biblical people that are set apart unto Yahweh himself are a people that do certain things. Uh, a set-apart holy kadosh people do set-apart holy kadosh things. And we believe that's just one of the many reasons why feasts and Sabbath are a marker. Um, like the Passover, um, even at its origin, was a marker and a covering, a protection, that said this house is full of Yahweh's people, and this house is not. And it's a simple example for us to, to go to. Um, I believe, as an example. Now, today what we're going to talk about is just one verse. This will be brief for around here. Um, and this just came out of our whiteboard teaching verse from yesterday. Uh, Romans chapter 13, verse 8. And again, we're not going to look on a lot of verses on both sides. We're just going to talk about it um, specifically to talk about um, this, this word fulfill. Fill to full, which is, of course, why we titled that this today. And I will add, I'm drinking out of this. A friend of mine made me this this awesome Path to Zion mug. A couple of them, actually. Um, I was going to make a joke and say, for only $19.95, you can order one of these today. And, of course, that would have been, um, I would have been kidding, but I'm not going to do that. Um, so thank you uh, to, to wonderful friends who uh, do awesome things and give gifts and make really cool things, too. That's the best part is that people know how to do that stuff. You know who you are. Thank you. Filled to full. That's what we're going to talk about today. Romans chapter 13, verse 8. Excuse me, verse 8. In Paul's speaking, he says this. Don't owe anyone anything except to love one another. For whoever loves one another has fulfilled Torah. Okay? Don't owe anyone anything except to love one another. For whoever, for whoever loves one another has fulfilled Torah. Okay, so when I when I read this and just literally only spent 30 minutes or so on it yesterday morning, I just got to thinking about the of course the last line about fulfilled Torah. And and of course that that should cause us to to think about someone else who fulfilled the Torah, which of course would be Yeshua himself, the the very son of Elohim came to earth and he fulfilled Torah, okay? So what we're going to talk about for just a few minutes is, and you may think in your mind already, if I already know what this means, I already know, I've heard it all before, and I'm going to give you an option, okay? I'm going to give you a choice, a presentation for consideration about 
reappropriating what this means to be fulfilled and to fill to full. This Greek word is, is um, polero, and its proper definition is what we've already just mentioned, to fill to full, to cause to abound, to render full and complete. To render full and complete, okay? So despite Yeshua clearly stating in the word that he, when he spoke out of his own mouth, that he didn't come to abolish, destroy um, the Torah and the prophets, but in fact he came to fulfill, to fulfill them, to fill them to full, to render them full and complete. This is Matthew chapter 5, 17 and 18, and of course other places in the Gospels. Despite this, the debate continues um, about his doing away with the law, his his eradication of the law. Now, many people will also, they may not use that verbiage and say, well, I'm not saying he uh, abolished it because he said he didn't. But what he did do, and then it's just a different um, phraseology to say the same thing. Um, but if we don't overcomplicate this, and if we, if we don't try to cram, um, you know, new religion, apostolic, Catholic doctrine, Protestant doctrine, if we don't have to squeeze it into that mold, the word itself makes this very simple. We don't have to overcomplicate this. And if we simply follow the use of the word fulfill in the Greek in the Newer Testament, which appears 90 times in 90 verses, best I could find, we will see a very simple pattern. We will see a very simple pattern. Time and time and time and time again, um, this word polero is used to merely explain that Yeshua came in bodily form and in order to fill to full all that had been prophesied about him. As you read in Isaiah, it would say, he came, as you heard the prophet say, I came to fulfill. I fulfilled what the prophet spoke about me. It's a common use of this word polero. Um, he had become, he, Yeshua, had become an embodiment of what had been announced by so many people before him, leading up to him declaring the, 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 the one who would restore all of Israel, who would initiate this, this new covenant invitation, a restoration um, presentation via himself. This had been announced for, for, for eons before his arrival. And I believe that we could say that Messiah became the love that we see here in this verse in Romans chapter 13. Um, Messiah became that. He became literally the embodiment of this perfect love of the Father. And we're going to talk about that here in a minute. But if the, if the Torah and the prophets, if, if my Christian brothers and sisters can just take a breath and consider, consider <laughs> that the Torah is still intact and perpetually ongoing for, for Yahweh's set-apart people like it's always been. Because again, there's a, there, as we talk about on the program, there's a lowercase Torah, the instruction and counsel and law of Yahweh Elohim that goes all the way back to the garden. And then it goes through all these epochs of time. It doesn't have to be broken up into dispensations and chunks. We can just follow the perpetuity of Father's law, Father's ways, His instruction and counsel for His people. If you want to be my people, I'm telling you how. I'm giving you instruction on how to be my people for your good, for your protection, for your provision, as we're always talking about. And we will talk about more in the future here on the program, of course. But, just as Yeshua fulfilled, filled to full the Torah and the prophets, I want to propose today that so do we 
when we love as he loved, okay? This is my main point. When we love like Yeshua loved, okay? Because as we see in our text for today, whoever loves another has fulfilled Torah. And I go back to the beginning just mere moments ago. Yeshua fulfilled Torah because he loved to the utmost. He loved like no other man had ever loved before. He laid down his life literally for others. Not just the others that followed him, not just the others who who did him right, but though he loved like the Father loved. And we'll get to that more in a minute. Another valid question is this. If Yeshua had already eradicated the law and caused it to be obsolete, then why would Paul in Romans, on the other side of Yeshua's death, burial, resurrection, ascension, why would Paul tell his his listeners that the same Torah was still available, okay, available to fill to full? If it had already been filled to full, if it had already been perfected and then thereby removed, a lot of people mishandle Hebrews and and don't understand the great high priest verbiage, and I barely do, I'm starting to. And we use as as a as a, a justifier to prop up, you know, uh, Christian doctrine, Catholic doctrine, Protestant uh, denominational thinking, to well, it's done away with. It's gone. Yeshua, because he fulfilled everything perfectly, now there's nothing left to do with it. There, it's 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 deemed irrelevant because Yeshua fulfilled and satisfied. And so now it's done away with. Well, if that were true, then why would Paul be saying in Romans chapter 13, verse 8, whoever loves another has fulfilled Torah? He's not talking about Yeshua, okay? He's, he's giving this dialogue about literal practical living um, experiences, examples. And so it seems that Torah is not obsolete because Yeshua fulfilled it to the utmost and then got rid of it because he accomplished everything perfectly. But instead, it seems, it's, as I already said, it seems still available to fulfill. It still seems possible now to fulfill the Torah. Um, if Messiah already did it, then why would we need to do it now? Okay? It, and, and that would be a, a question from the Christian church, but I'm, I'm answering it right here because... And we're going to get we're going to move more into that as we get to a conclusion here in mere moments. But that's the whole point of this is it seems, according to this text and, oh my gosh, many others <laughs> that I find on a regular basis, this Torah that was, is, and remains so that we perpetually, perpetually repeat the pattern of the firstborn of many brethren. We walk as he walked, which was perfectly fulfilling Torah. Filling to full, rendering full and complete. Why? Because that's what people who live like Yeshua live. That's that's what we do. <laughs> that is how we do it. Yeshua learned obedience through the things that he suffered, through a life of self-denial, which was what? he. Let's use this as a metaphor. He looked at the tree. We're going back to the garden. I have to make sure you come along with me in my mind here. Okay, we're back in the Garden of Eden, okay? Yeshua is there. Let's just say, this is all metaphor, don't get crazy. And Yeshua's there, and he's beside Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve look at the tree. They are enticed. They are allured by what they see. The presentation of Hasatan comes and says, hey, 
you can be like Elohim. And they, of course, they partake and they break the law. Let's just be first grade here. They break the law. They transgress. They become transgressors, okay, by will. They didn't suffer, friend. They didn't suffer and learn and thereby learn obedience. They they did not deny themselves. Okay? You let's use let's use uh, new Christianity doctrine and, and wording. They gave in to their flesh, you know? <laughs> they broke the law. Okay? <laughs> Yahweh commanded them, don't eat of that tree. Don't. Well, they transgressed by will. They did not suffer unto obedience. Okay? They gave in to their own fleshly nature, and they fell. Let's say Yeshua was right beside them. To make a metaphor clear, I believe is applicable. Let's say Yeshua was right beside them in the garden with the same enticing presentation, which he had in his own version when he's starving. And, and Hasatan said, look, I know you're hungry. I hear your stomach rumbling. You can make those rocks turn into bread, my friend. Go ahead. Get you a little snack. So Yeshua already did this, he, but let's just say for the sake of the metaphor, he's in the garden, he looks at that opportunity, and he says no. And he thereby would have learned obedience through the things that he suffered by denying himself something pleasing to his eye, which was the pattern of his life. He learned obedience. He did it again, obeyed, 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 obeyed. And thereby he learned how to be obedient and pleasing to the Father as he grew in stature and in wisdom and in literal obedience. A righteous man to the utmost. Why? He did not break his Father's law. He didn't break or forsake the commands of his Father. It really is that simple. So, so let's start bringing this to a conclusion a little bit here. Let me check my time see how long I've been talking. Oh, shoot, we're good. This is easy. We can talk another 20 minutes. Why should we, we, okay? It's 2023. We don't live back in that era. We're not back there. Cultural, we're different culture now. But here we are in 2023. We are in the same epoch of time, I would present, as Paul was in Romans chapter 13, verse 8, when he said this, this little phrase that we're talking about today, about how those who love one another fulfill Torah, okay? So why should we today, here in this epoch of time, need to fill to full a done away with Torah, a done away with law? If it has been deemed irrelevant in Messiah, and if you go into him and are, and have, and are absorbed into Messiah, and now you just, you just receive everything he accomplished, and because he accomplished and filled to full the Torah to the utmost, I don't have to. We have a whole world of questions about the what are we doing now then, which we're about to get to. Now, I've been told my entire life, I turned 50 years old this year, I've been told that a new religion was birthed in Jesus. Okay, Jesus came and he... Even if, the, even if the words don't say he removed, he fulfilled the Torah, and thereby you don't do anything with it anymore because he came and did what no other man before him errantly would be taught that no man before him could do. That's not true, according to the word, no man would do, okay? We have to make that, we have to change this one little letter from a C to a W. It's very simple. 
It's not what no man could do. No man would obey the way he did. Okay, that's the only difference. That's why he could be Messiah. He chose to obey. I don't know. People don't like talking about that. He wasn't superhuman deity that was above sin and just cruised through until the cross and took all my sin and shame. Oh, poor Jesus. No, he was a valiant victor over the flesh. He walked denying himself to the utmost the whole way, I believe. Okay? So, based upon the teachings of the Messiah and the apostles, we've been told now we don't we don't even need to talk about that Torah stuff anymore. That's bondage. That's a burden. Those men didn't have what we have in Yeshua. Now we're victorious, and they just had sacrifices and a whole bunch of empty, hollow rituals, which we, of course, always kind of push out the door here. But somehow this this gospel of the apostles um, differs from and disagrees with the Torah and the prophets because now again the the misappropriation of Hebrews so much of my life is going back to that we have the greater we have the better they had the lesser well yes if we have a proper understanding of what we're even saying yes of course the greater part in this much of a summary now we're on the post Messiah coming end of things the great high priest is now seated in heavenly places, laboring on my behalf right here, right now. And no, they did not have that. They didn't have it in that way. So yeah, it is greater, but it's not greater in the sense of, oh, that horrible little type and shadow. They didn't have anything compared to what I have in Jesus. But as we bask in his finished work reality, that's the part we're, we're about to get to um, that I want to just put out there for consideration. The reality is to me that Yeshua filled these to full Torah commands. Okay, he filled he fulfilled the law and the prophets to the utmost, in order that we too may walk in His likeness and power, fulfilling the Torah now, just as He did then, walking in perfect love for one another, in a way that we could not do it before. In my opinion. He became, as we know in Hebrews, the one, capital O, the one example. We've talked about that in episodes before. Um, he became the Hupa Gramos, the, the one true perfect example that we did not have before. What? A, a living, walking demonstration of a human being who said, you know what? I am choosing to walk out my father's ways to perfection. And then he comes and accomplishes everything he needs to do, and he, he ascends to the Father again to the great high priest function. And now what's he say? He looks down at us and says, go and do likewise. Right? We've heard that before, right? No matter what our Christian journey is, be like Jesus. Well, how do we do that? Well, Paul's telling us here. And what does he say? If you love one another, you too, I could say, are fulfilling Torah like Yeshua. Fulfill the Torah like Yeshua, people. Love one another the way he did, right? Just like the communion example. And I'll probably do a message on this because I had an opportunity in a gathering a couple weeks back to, to make a presentation about how I see that now. Um, about that, that last meal that he had, he, Yeshua, with his disciples, his closest taught ones. And there's such a principle within that of what? This verse, servanthood to the utmost, the washing of the feet as a servant on the dirt, 
even of those who betrayed him, right? And that's the example within this body and blood remembrance is, look, if you want to be a marked people, if you want to be fulfilling, to, if you want to fill the Torah to full, this is what you do right here. You get down in the dirt and you wash the feet of your betrayers because this sends out a, a message to all of creation, seen and unseen, this is what a man of Elohim does. This is what a son of Elohim does. And again, as we already mentioned, he's the firstborn of many brethren. He said, look, if you want to come after me, you're going to have to do what I'm doing. And then he left and said, you're going to have to do what I did, and you're going to have to do even greater if you want to walk in my ways, if you want to come into the shadow of the Messiah. Okay? Go and do it. Do what you've seen me do, is what he was telling his followers all the time. And so I want to I kind of bring this to an end with this, okay? I'll use this brand new cup as an example, okay? So I have this, this cup here, and, and just for the sake of, of an analogy, let's say that I'm going to try to do my best to make this clear. I've not thought this through very well. I've had some busy days. But let's say that you are in a coffee shop and all you want more than anything in the whole world is, is, is this awesome cup of coffee. You haven't had any coffee for three days and you've been waiting for it. Uh, and you go to the coffee shop and they, they make you this coffee and they show you how to make it and they show you how everything works and, and they make this coffee and they extend it to you and they put it out in front of you and they say, all right, friend, this is yours. Okay. And they set it in front of you, and you can just take it, and you can walk out, and you can enjoy that coffee, and you can just walk out in the abundance of enjoying the coffee that someone made for you. Okay, that's fine. That's well and good. And I want to present that that's the Christian doctrine we've inherited, is that Jesus came, and he is the cup of coffee, and you just take it, and you just walk out, and you just enjoy the coffee the rest of your life. This sure is awesome coffee. Man, this is good. I'm so glad that I was given this coffee, okay? Now, here's what I want to represent, uh, present as a consideration about a good illustration, I believe, to make this point, about being filled to full in the example of our Messiah, Yeshua. And when we love one another correctly, as he loved, because a lot of people say, I don't need to do commands, Joel. I'm just called to love. All I need to do is love. Well, I hate to tell you, but the Torah tells us how to love. It tells us how to love Yahweh Elohim, and it tells us how to love everyone else. And that is the Torah. I'm sorry. Don't, people get so worried about the 613 and all that stuff that is a whole other thing to unpack. We, just get, we don't understand. We've been handed a, a confusing understanding of, of the Torah. And so, okay, so that's option one. Here's your coffee. It's exactly perfect. It's exactly what you wanted. Now, take it, have a good day, brother, and you walk out and you just enjoy that coffee, no thought about it. You're just so thankful for it, and you're thankful for it now. I'm so thankful. It's so good. I would propose option one as that. Here's option two that I believe is a proper understanding of walking in Torah, empowered by Holy Spirit, like the prophecy that we see in Ezekiel and Jeremiah about the, the infilling of Holy Spirit is in order to Give us power to accomplish walking out Father's commands. Okay, that's what we have Holy Spirit for. To empower us to obey, to walk. <laughs> anyway, 
So the other option that I'm going to present, this is presenting to us in the uh, text here. Or you come to the coffee shop and you stand there and you say, all right, well, I'm ready for my coffee. Make it for me, hand it to me so I can walk out with it. I believe the proper use of this is Yeshua would say, look, sit down, friend, sit down. And I'm going to walk you through how to make that coffee. I'm going to walk you through the steps of how you make it and you walk out with it and you appreciate it different. You walk it out different. And it's a whole different process because you are intimately involved with the making of it. In other words, I don't believe that there's a magic wand Jesus that Upon regeneration, uh, uh, an event, whatever you want to call it, when the light comes on and you are, are being transferred from darkness to light and all these things, when you encounter Yahweh now via the Messiah himself, when you have whatever we want to call that experience, you're not saved when you ask Jesus into your heart. You're saved when you endure to the end. And you, you, if you're watching this, you're not at the end yet. And Jesus never wants in your heart. He wants to... He wants to give some surgery to it and take it out and give you a new heart of flesh that can feel and respond to the Father and His ways and His love and His, you know, all these things. I believe that option two, if you will, is what this verse and so many others and what I'm always trying to say is saying. I believe Yeshua wants believers, okay? Believers, ones who believe in Him, ones who, who have, like His followers, his disciples who made an action to lay down their nets and their lives and follow him, he says what? Learn from me. Learn. Sit down and learn. Be quiet. Listen to my instruction and then do what I say. And that is how you will be like me. We have been handed a gospel void of doing anything because that would be Works of the flesh, vain works. That would be earning salvation. Friend, no, sir. No, sir. We learn obedience through the things that we suffer, and we suffer the same way Yeshua did, which is by keeping my Father's ways elevated above my own and above the ways of the nations. Thereby, I choose in my life and in our household to take the cup, to sit down beside my Messiah, and I say, teach me how. To walk. Teach me how to do this, Yeshua. Show me what I need to do, when I need to do it, how I need to do it, so that I can look like you. And what was Yeshua always saying? I don't speak on my own initiative. I don't give new commands. I don't give new orders. I don't give you a new church. I speak what my Father spoke. He literally spoke the law and the prophets, and thereby he filled them to full. To use this word specifically, he rendered it full and complete. And friend, you can have two options. You receive the one who filled it to full, and you just hold on to it. Hey, I don't do anything. Jesus filled it to full already. I don't do anything. This is awesome. This is awesome. I don't believe you can do that and still have the covenantal fruit, if you will, of New Covenant, I don't believe you can. You can choose that option, but it's not going to end too well. Or you can take your cup and you can sit down. You can take the rest of your life to say, Yeshua, teach me my Father's ways. 
Teach me how to walk in my Father's ways. Teach me how to fulfill Torah, like Paul said in Romans chapter 13, verse 8, that says, when I love one another the way Yeshua loved, I too come alongside the shadow of my Messiah, and then I thereby fulfill Torah myself. And guess what, friends? Then you start looking like the Messiah. Then we start looking like Yeshua down here. Instead of just some magic impartation and imputation where you don't do anything, you don't do anything, just receive the finished work. Receive the fulfillment. I'm saying, friend, if we're going to walk in the ways of our Messiah, we have to do something like he did something. We act upon Father's commands just like the Son, and thereby we look like him. That's not a real deep thought or presentation. So, friend, with, in, in great finality, as we talk about being filled to full, please consider the Torah's place in your heart. When you hear that word, I'm still in, man, I'm in, <laughs> as, as of late, I've been in so many different places with people I've, I've not met before, and like, there is such an ingrained, oh, it's a stronghold about Torah is literally a curse word in Christianity. It is literally a curse word. It incites bondage and, and depression and weight and heaviness and, oh, I don't want to be a Pharisee. We have got to unearth this issue and talk about it. So what's, what's the Taurus place in your heart, friend? Do you see it properly for what it was? Um, it would clearly seem that there is still a filling Torah to full lifestyle for those of us today who are striving to be like Messiah. And please, our Father, walking out this life with our, with our friends, with brothers and sisters, with strangers, with our wives, with our children. Why? Because we're striving to live, empowered by a love that is not our own. And when we do that, if this is true and what Paul said was true, we can fulfill the Torah today, today, <laughs> when we love one another. And the way we love one another is the same way Yeshua did. And the way Yeshua did is by walking in his Father's Torah commands. Friends, won't you consider this presentation? I know this won't land well with some people, but you know what? It is what it is. Anything that's not true, may it fall on the floor. And anything that is true, may it pierce our hearts, cause us to call, um, ask these questions about what do we need to do to be like our Messiah. So, Consider that, won't you? You've been watching the Path to Zion podcast. We are rediscovering the ancient way. Man, it's an incredible way to walk. I don't know what I did before. I don't know what I did before in my Christian journey. Um, but man, this is full of life, abundant life. I hope you know that. Thank you for watching. We'll be back for more episodes after this. Amen.